This week there has been an unexpected theme of sorts in my videos. The lunacy of the church allying itself with the secular authorities and listening to their orders, even in the name of the common good. Some people don't like to hear that and think the church can be allied with these organizations if we just had some better people running them. Well, to that end, I have a story that isn't widely being reported by others in our circles, and boy is it a doozy. It's one of those rare times where I'll read an entire article to you because it's pertinent. Though I will admit that it is a short article, so don't worry. Our story today comes from CBN, which is a Protestant news outlet, but they do a good job with this. I did have to modify some language because they use secular terms that I try not to use at all, both for my protection, but also because I don't think people of faith should normalize the terms invented and promoted by maniacs. So let's dive in, because I'm sure you'll share my disgust at what we're covering today. So I'm just going to read to you this whole thing, because it's not exactly a super long article. Headline from CBN News. UN religion expert wants world religions to bow to UN ideology. Yes, it's a loaded headline, but again, it's CBN News. The article is by somebody calling themselves Steve Warren, posted on the 9th of March uh, 2020. A United Nations special expert on freedom of religion says it's time for the world's leading religions to submit to the authority of the UN and its human rights bodies, even though critics say those bodies are laced with fringe leftist views. It's all about who should have the final say on issues of law and policy, and the UN expert is saying the UN's ideas should override the beliefs of mainstream religions. The Center for Family and Human Rights reports Ahmed Shahid, who is the UN special rapporteur on freedom of religion or belief, wrote about how religion and gender equality have reached a clash point in his annual report. And they have a link to download the report over there. I firmly reject any claim that religious beliefs can be invoked as a legitimate justification for violence or discrimination against women, girls, or LGBT people, said Shahid. To be clear, though, mainstream Christianity doesn't call for violence or discriminate against discrimination against anyone, even though some opponents of Orthodox Christian belief have tried to characterize it that way. Shahid then tries to flip the freedom of religion upside down, saying the right to freedom of religion protects individuals and not religions as such. He then contends that laws based on traditional morality, which are often religious, should be replaced if they conflict with the opinions of human rights scholars and UN experts. States have an obligation to guarantee everyone, including women, girls, acronym plus people, an equal right to freedom of religion or belief, he said, including by creating an enabling environment where pluralist and progressive self-understanding can manifest. To achieve this end, laws criminalizing unnatural sexual behaviors and abortion would need to be annulled. Shahid makes clear that he knows that religious teachings about the sanctity of life and sexual morality have influenced the creation of laws in some countries that restrict Moloch worship and the James Martin behavior. And CFAM reports that while he doesn't directly call on Christianity or other religions to change their doctrines, he does cite the work of scholars who have worked to promote progressive reinterpretations of faith traditions. The notion of acronym rights, a concept that has only recently entered the parlance of scholars and which has no international consensus, much less a formally accepted definition, is treated by the report as a given. In contrast, religious traditions, some dating back thousands of years, are treated as subordinate, according to CFAM. Last week, a joint statement was presented from anti-Moloch and pro-family groups who accuse Shahid of ignoring the rights of preborn children and the unconscious rights of healthcare professionals who object to being forced to participate in um, Moloch worship, CFAM reported. 
The special rapporteur position held by Shahid is a voluntary position, and while his reports are non-binding, they reflect ongoing efforts to push far-left ideology within the United Nations. So there you have it. These maniacs really want to have religion subordinated to the UN. Do you remember when Pope Francis said that the faithful must listen to the UN? If not, I'll represent that story for your consumption here. It comes from Vatican News, the official news agency of the Holy See, so you can't accuse them of taking Francis's words out of context. It's a few months old. Here he is speaking of anti-colonialism and the need to cede land back from the UK to whatever country in question may have a historic dispute with the UK over the territory. So, with that context, here's Francis on the United Nations. Quote, I would like to repeat what the doctrine of the Church says about this. When we acknowledge the international organizations and we recognize their capacity to give judgment on a global scale, for example, the International Tribunal in The Hague or the United Nations, if we consider ourselves humanity, when they make statements, our duty is to obey. It is true that not all things that appear just for the whole of humanity will also be so for our pockets, but we must obey international institutions. That is why the United Nations were created. That's why international courts were created. End quote. So, with that context before the quote, remember this. He has said this kind of thing numerous times in the past and since, including a call for the faithful to listen to the United Nations when they implement their sustainable development goals. Again, it all goes back to Laudato Si. I wish more people believed me when I say that Laudato Si is the roadmap for understanding everything that has been done since March of 2013. In fact, while you're seeing, watching, or listening to me talk to you, today is the 7th anniversary of Francis's election. My, how time flies, right? Assuming that you're listening to this on Friday, March 13th, 2020, it is the 7th anniversary of his election, and boy, did the world cheer for it. In my research for this today, I found this amusing headline by accident. From LifeSite on March 15th, 2013, two days later, quote, anti-Moloch activists at the UN heartened by the election of Pope Francis, end quote. Yeah, hindsight being what it is, am I right? But in all seriousness, we have been told for years now to listen to the UN, and Francis isn't the first to do this, so brace yourself for this one. Back in 1979, John Paul II said in his UN address that Catholics should listen to the UN's Declaration of Religious Freedom, which, by the way, is a concept that had been condemned by the Church prior to the Council. So this is nothing new. Paul VI was the first to address the UN, and since then, each sovereign pontiff has done it. But this, is, but this statement by Francis from some months ago was the first time, to my knowledge, that we were told to obey the United Nations, which, I can tell you in good faith, you don't have to do. In fact, a story that slipped past almost all of us on January 9th, Francis gave his annual address to the Vatican's diplomatic corps, and he reaffirmed his support for the United Nations' multilateral approach to diplomacy as the only model capable of avoiding international power struggles and large-scale bloody wars. He did that and also called for a general reform of the United Nations because it lacks a, quote, clear objective rooting, unlike most international organizations. What does that mean? I think he means that it lacks a clear mission and vision for what it wants and needs to do. And to that I would rather strongly disagree, because the UN has never, ever hidden its desire to be the global government of various science fiction fantasy writers and their utopian fantasies. And they, at the UN, do legitimately believe that they work for peace. And they have done some good work, to be sure, and I'll give them credit where it's due. 
But remember that it is an inherently atheistic organization, and many contemporary atheists believe that religion is at the root of the ills of the world today. Not all of them, to be sure, and I can think of a couple of good-spirit atheists who are subscribed to this channel out of legitimate concern for the state of the church. But many atheists do hold that idea that religion is itself the root of the ills of the world today. And that is a dangerous notion when combined with political power. But yes, the UN let the masks slip. The idea that people of faith, regardless of whatever faith they come from, must listen to the United Nations is laughably absurd. I will, I will hand it to them, though. Well, at least they were open and honest about it. Imagine for a moment that you had pre a prepared statement ready and decided that it was a good idea to literally tell the world's faithful from all religions, including that of the Saracens, that they needed to listen to the authority of atheistic institutions on the sins that cry out to heaven for vengeance, and that cut deep into the faith you hold dear. Think about the audacity of that. And frankly, I have to hand it to them. I'd rather deal with opponents who have a sense of backbone and courage than cowards, because at least those with a backbone will tell you what they really think while well, cowards have the tendency to knife you in the back. But if you think this can't get worse, on Wednesday morning, the Holy See announced that the United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres will receive the annual top prize from the Path to Peace Foundation, which is the Holy See's charity organization does the work that does the work of the Holy See to the United Nations. By now, I'm sure it won't surprise you that the UN is a big promoter of the Jeff Sachs agenda of population control in the Malachian agenda in general. So obviously, he's a perfect candidate for the Paths to Peace Prize, right? It couldn't go to some, you know, missionary nun somewhere living up to her elbows in filth, helping impoverished people get their water pumps working. Or maybe to some young person somewhere who is spending some of their best years working with poor farmers so they can get better yields using farming methods they weren't even aware of. I mean, you can name virtually any Catholic engaged in the corporal and spiritual works of mercy who would be more deserving than the head of the United Nations on this. I mean, I can think of a guy I know back in Portland who was, you know, every night was going out giving homeless people food, and that guy lived well below the poverty line, but he did it every, day, every night anyway. But I digress. It's just another day of promoting the Laudato Si agenda. In closing, we as Christians know that the system of the beast will eventually come online, and when it does, so-called faith leaders from the, around the world will bend the knee and submit to it. Stories such as this one today are reminders that we are in fact headed towards something bad, which brings up an opportunity to plug something. This Saturday, barring some barrier, I'll have a bonus video, which will be the first installment of End Times Watch. A provocative title, to be sure, but it'll be, go over some fun signs of the times, and by fun, I mean... They're fun if you've been reading your Bible, which I know most of you have, so watch for that. Patrons and those who join the channel already have access to, the, to that as well as to the weekend videos early. Again, barring some complications, I'm recording this before I make that video. So there's that option as well. But in closing, I'll say this. It is completely licit and legitimate to say no when Catholic leaders should try to tell us to listen to this organization or ones like them. Even ones that some on our side might want to like, such as maybe the World Bank or others that dislike that what the church is supposed to stand for. These organizations are not on the side of Christians, so just remember that we can, with a united voice, say no to anyone in the church who tell us to get on board with their agenda. With that, I say please pray for the church and pray for those in it who promote this bizarre agenda. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.